0: 7 o'clock. Good morning, Pyle. But for days off to a good start, Jim and Cake today from the Bozart Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios, the most trusted name in automobiles. 6A State Boys Basketball Tournament tonight here on the team. Wildcats against Eagle Crest. And um, looking forward to that matchup tonight. Buckeye Boyle out of the call from the Denver Coliseum. The Asbestos Dome, as we somewhat lovingly call the Denver Coliseum, they've Mm. they've gone through a lot of um, of remodeling over there, and it's... Hence the asbestos. (laughs) Yeah. But there were times going there, it's like, you look up at the ceiling and you're going, is that that ceiling tile going to fall down on me? Wouldn't that be uh, great
1: if it did? Like during
0: the game? No, wouldn't what if it fell on you? No, it wouldn't be great.
1: No, no, no. But, like, you know, I'm saying, like, the opportunity for like virality, right? The clip makes it to like Sports Center. We have the we save it in our archives, like, pulls up from the left post and and the ceiling just fell on top of me. And here goes fast, fast break points. And the it and then you know, it takes a couple seconds for the concussion to set in. And then you
0: know. the, the closest thing we've ever had. Well, we had two things like that one time foul ball got up in the press box over at the Hamilton Tower Mm -hmm. and uh, nearly got our our colleague, our former colleague, Greg.
1: Oh, I was with Greg once during a Mesa game and the foul ball came and broke
0: the window. Broke the window. That was another one. And then years and years and years ago, we were, um, I think we were doing a football game. And this is the old press box, and that was with uh, Jim Allworth that I used to work with and if you're familiar with the old old press box it had had those giant windows you had to lift up and they had these wood pad- these paddles in the wall that okay. swung out that were supports that held up the window. you swung the paddle out underneath the window there was two of them got it and and so, you put the window on that. Well, we're doing a football game. And all of a sudden, I see something move. Uh-oh. And Jim's standing to my right. And I noticed that the paddle was in the sheetrock. It, it had come out. And the other one was just barely holding on to it. Oh, no. So, not, not trying to over this here, but it's like I just instinctively but... instinctively just reached up and grabbed it. And I just turned to Jim and I just kind of go, and he sees and goes, "Oh my gosh!" And he sticks the <laughs> sticks the thing back in the wall because oh, it would have came no. down and just would have knocked the snot out of him.
1: Seen again, but we you, didn't. Just, you we, hope that no one gets hurt, but also the opportunity for
0: a uh... well, it would it would have knocked him out of the press box. I mean, th- these windows were that heavy; it, w- it would have hurt him bad. And fortunately, they, they got the newer windows, though sometimes those windows don't always... Well, now they got a whole new st- press box altogether. Stay, so. Yeah, stay up. So you have to put the stick in the window sometimes because the mechanism wears out. and That'll happen. But that that's not nearly as bad as having a window nearly decapitate you or hit you and knock you out of the press box.
1: Time to play America's favorite game, press box yeah. or guillotine. <laughs> exactly.
0: That was kind of what that was. I mean, they were... They were dangerous, man. They were bad. But, uh, yeah, but hopefully no ceiling tiles or anything will fall at the Coliseum tonight. Hopefully Eagle Crest will fall to Fruita Monument tonight. Uh, Once again, pregame at 515. Tomorrow, it's the uh, girls 5A grade eight. Montrose is into the grade eight. And uh, we'll talk with uh, Steve Skiff as they have Roosevelt, defending champ, coming up uh, tomorrow. And that's over on the Monkey, by the way, 93.5 in Montrose. And Matt Meyer will have the call from Denver on that one, with the pregame at 6:45 tomorrow night. So we have a lot to get to with uh, high school basketball. Nuggets fall behind by 15 in the second quarter, then go. Yeah, all right, fine. Sacramento, you're you're not going to get the sweep of us this year. Turn a 15 point deficit into a 10 point lead. They cruise last night over the Kings. So uh, the Nuggets get the victory last night against. Oh, and Sacramento. only
1: only yeah, uh, and another Nikola Jokic triple double. That's all he does. Fourth straight. Before the fourth quarter, even.
0: But in the case of Nikola Jokic, you know, he, he was had a great game last night, but Jamal Murray had the monster game. Twenty seven points. He was good. Five three you know, five threes last night. Um he was great. Aaron Gordon is really great in that second quarter where they had to get things turned around but uh, Nikola Jokic last night I mean it's it wasn't a gaudy 32 points you know (laughs) 18 rebounds but once again it's 14 points 14 rebounds 11 assists just constantly impacts the game yeah I mean Murray had the 32 last night and that 32 led all scores they said Aaron Gordon had 17 points last night um Finished think, with with 6 rebounds. Think when he was on the floor, he was like
1: a plus 40
0: is the number that I
1: saw. That sounds right. Which I mean, look. This is this is what's so scary about this Nuggets team is that they are gelling. They look frankly unstoppable right now. Because everyone's on the same page. And that was that was what carried them last year to their first Lario. It's probably what's going to carry them again this year, the way that they, they're playing right now. I mean, they've already won 40 games. Their winning percentage is higher now than what it was around the same time
0: last year. Western Conference, though, is better overall right now than it, it was last year. And it so is. In, in fairness to that, but... But it speaks to, number one, how good this team has been, even though at times, it's kind of like the Avalanche. You go, they aren't playing that great. And then you turn around and you look at what the record is. You look at where they are, and you're kind of going, well, no, they're not that bad. <laughs> but, but Aaron Gordon had the 13 points in the first half. He finished with 17 last night. Uh, but uh, Denver gets a big win against Sacramento. CU Buffs, men, they take down Cal last night. And they're they're in a difficult spot for the tournament. Some feel like they almost have to at least make a run to the semis of the Pac-12 tournament, to potentially be in. Some have them as one of the last four out. Some feel like maybe they could be in the first four. Or Colorado State, and and certainly Colorado had some 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 nice wins in the in the non conference. The strength of Colorado State's non conference success, mm-hmm. the wins against Creighton and teams like that. That's that's been huge for them. Massive. Because they've, uh, they've suffered some heartbreaking losses. They, they've lost their third straight, the Rams did the other night. But the buzzer beater Oof. lost to Nevada the other night when they got it tied up with Isaiah Stevens' jumper, about 2.8 seconds left. And then Lucas Kid from Nevada banks in a three from half court to win the game. But uh, Colorado getting a big win last night against Cal in Pac-12 play. So uh, you want to do a, a little shout out today for the Fruto Monument Boys basketball team. I think this is this is the the time of the year. It's kind of like with the football playoffs where you might be rivals during the regular season but you're you're pulling for Western Slope teams. Oh yeah. You're pulling for Fruto Monument even if you're you're Grand Junction or Central or Montrose. You're you're pulling for Montrose. If you're Delta, if you I mean you want you, you to me you want Western Slope teams have success. You want to you want to knock the snot out of them during the regular season. You face them in the postseason. You want to beat them. But now that we have the Plateau Valley is still, of course, uh, in play. The Plateau Valley boys having a great season. They got Wiggins coming up tomorrow. That you're you're cheering for the, the Western Slope teams to do well. And we got two into the Grade Eight with the Monument boys twenty five zero and the Montrose girls uh, taking on Roosevelt uh, coming up tomorrow night so if you got a little shout out for the area teams uh feel free to do that today on the team line that's 970-242-1340 i'd love to hear from you and right now how do you feel about the nuggets right now they're they're great they're two back of minnesota remember all the the doom and gloom that the three-game losing streak heading into the all-star break that and they were kind of the opposite of the Avalanche, right? Avalanche were red hot going into the All-Star break. And then kind of yeah. stumbled out the gate. Yeah, and then the Nuggets have been the opposite of that. I just feel like that right now that they're, they're getting healthier. That's part of it. Yes. Got to have Blue Arrow, as we saw last night. He's a difference maker. I and mean, Contavious Caldwell Pope had 16 points last night. and That helps. And what he does defensively is so huge for this basketball team. And the, the bench is showing that they're good enough to get the job done with the young guys, Christian Brown, Peyton Watson. Reggie Jackson has become, he's not Bruce Brown because there's nobody on their bench that's Bruce Brown. Let's just be honest about that. But what Reggie Jackson does in terms of veteran presence, stability, when Jamal was out, stepped into the, the starting point guard role, Acquitted himself nicely there during that stretch of time. A lot of things have started to come together. And, you know, in, in Michael Malone, he's even referenced the, you know, the sky is falling, everybody freaking out around the all star break. That is coming, everybody's just got to take a chill pill. Hmm. Yeah. And, and, Den- and Denver's right now just fine. They're, they're, doing, they're good. They're, they're just fine right now. They're 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 okay. They're gonna be okay. As Long as, as, long as they've got the big fella. You got, so you got number book. 15 in the middle. Yeah. You yeah. You're you're gonna be okay. So we got some thoughts on where the nuggets are right now. Do you have more concerns about the avalanche? Though I say that they won five one last night. And they won they beat Dallas the other night, beat them Tuesday night. Um 5 to 1. Nathan McKinnon on the, the 29 home, you know, home game point streak. They get Vladimir Chushkin back. He'll be back on the ice. I w- I would think probably within a week. He'll probably be back skating for the Avalanche after going through the player assistance program. If you just you got some thoughts right about the Nuggets and Avalanche because it's been a, a season of it's it's been roller coaster even though you look at their records yeah they're, they're really they're they're among the best teams in the league still it's not like they've gone from penthouse to outhouse it's not like either of these teams have gone from being NBA Finals or cup contenders to you know what you know who need whose head needs to roll and what changes need to happen sometimes we react like that that we there, there is a reaction. And and look, Avs have had some bad losses this year. There's no doubt about it. They've had some ugly losses. But they you know, but they were on that hot streak to start out or going into the all star break. And you just feel like, okay, Vancouver's better. They've they've improved. They're they're not, they're not better than the Avalanche. I think I think they're I don't know if anybody's better than the Avalanche in terms of just their talent. Right. Of a McKinnon, McCarr, and Randon. I I don't know you, you tell me who's who's got a better trio than that. I can't think of one off the top of my head. And, and, and things have started to come together for the Avalanche. In terms of some of the line combinations, Brian Johansson hopefully will start contributing more. He's put that pressure on himself, and, and he hasn't done much. Let's be honest about that. He's been somewhat of a disappointment, you get Nachushkin, who was as hot as anybody from a goal-scoring standpoint before he went into the player's assistance program. So it's kind of like you get a trade deadline acquisition by not even making a trade. Right. And then looms the potential return of Gabriel Landeskog at some point.
1: I think Landeskog's return, I think, is a little... It's more up in the air. It's, it's definitely more up in the air, it, and and realistically... If there is a timeline for him to return, it's probably closer to May, right? It's probably gonna closer. Close
0: to, it's going to be close to the start of the cup playoffs. For sure.
1: Now, can return, we had Connor McGahee on the other day, and I think he said something about either not on this road trip, but maybe possibly when the Avalanche come back from this road trip, and which is only two games,
0: Chicago and Nashville. Up, you want to Here's Conor McGay?
1: Yep. Well,
2: officially, he's cleared to practice, not cleared to play yet. But they come in sequence pretty quickly. He won't go on this trip. We leave today for Chicago. Jared Bednar said one of the two games probably when we return home next week would be the aim for Val. I would not be surprised if it's Monday versus Chicago, but it could be any of those days.
0: There you go. So, like I said, within a week, we're we're probably going to see him back on the ice. And
1: he's... That You know, you talk about a trade deadline acquisition without actually making a trade. That's huge because he's still, even having not played for as many games as he's missed, still one of their top scorers. And look, it's going to sound stupid when I say it, but if they score more goals, they win more games. It's
0: like Norm Jones that used to do the Avalanche games, Mm -hmm. starting out with Mike Haynes. Norm Jones would say things like... Say something like that all the time. You're going, well, yeah. Duh. Which was always kind of funny. Norm Jones, we had him on our show a couple of times. What a what a classy guy he was. All right, so the Avalanche, you know, with with Nachushkin back, that that's huge. So if you look at things for the Nuggets right now, I, I just feel like that, you know, things have started to come together for them. Once again, it's all about... Can they stay healthy at the trade deadline? They held Pat. We got our guys. We they, they 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 feel like they've got the guys. The nucleus is there, obviously, and there isn't really anybody else out there. that was sure you'd love to get maybe more scoring off the bench. You'd love to do that, but they they feel like they've invested in their young guys. They've invested in their belief that a Peyton Watson offensively will con- continue to grow and develop. Christian Brown. Christian Brown. Zeke that Those guys, along with a veteran like, like Reggie Jackson, and then occasionally DeAndre Jordan, of course, was there for the title run last year, spelling Nicola on occasion for a few minutes, that this bench is good enough to get the job done. All right, so got some thoughts today. Text or call us, 970-242-1340. Jim along with cake today and it is time for
1: what's happening
0: and it's brought to you by Comwest your technology partner one call one team one goal helping your business grow Comwest helps business owners grow their business by providing quality reliable personalized technology solutions they support and secure your business technology consistently and professionally as a managed IT services provider Their technology service partner program delivers a cost-effective solution to all of your IT needs. ComWest partners with you to ensure your computers, business phone system, networks, and equipment all work for you. So call them today at ComWest, 970-242-8142 or go to comwestcorp.com and learn more about them. All right, lead things off with last night. Denver Nuggets taking on the Sacramento Kings at Ball Arena. Nuggets turned a 15-point First or second quarter deficit into a 10-point lead with their defense leading the way. Denver forward Aaron Gordon helped to lead the second quarter turnaround by scoring or assisting on the Nuggets. 12 unanswered points and a 117-96 throttling of the Kings last night in Denver. I think it starts on the defensive end. I think we started getting stops, rebounding. started getting down transition. Uh, um, I think uh, when I'm aggressive like that, it opens the floor for a lot of a lot of my other guys. Gordon finished with 17 points. Jamal Murray led Denver 32 points and five three-pointers. Nuggets big man Nikola Jokic added a triple-double of 14 points, 14 rebounds, and 11 assists. Denver's two back in Minnesota for the lead in the Western Conference. Denver hosts Miami tonight in a rematch of last year's NBA Finals. Pre-game starts at 7.30 on the team. Sports Network Colorado men's basketball team won their third straight game after beating Cal 88-78 to Wednesday night in Boulder. CU guard K.J. Simpson led the way with 27 points with Bus forward Tristan Da Silva adding 22 points. The win moves Colorado to 19-9 and 10-7 in Pac-12 play. For Monument boys basketball team is making their first graded appearance since the 80s, meaning no one on the roster has experienced playing at the Denver Coliseum. That's where Wildcats head coach Michael Wells might be able to help after taking the Wildcat girls to the Coliseum twice well says he's tried to prepare the team for the environment because so many things are different at that venue. You know, I've tried
1: to explain to them. The shooting backgrounds, unlike anything they've seen or, or can simulate the energy, the crowd, just even how you have to get in the game, you know, walk through all the tunnels like the pro guys do. And it's something that we can't duplicate. And, and many of these guys haven't and never will play in an environment like this.
0: Wildcats, the top seed in 6A, take on Eagle Crest tonight on the Team Sports Network pregame at 515, tip off at five thirty. From the Denver Coliseum, both Colorado Mesa basketball teams head to the final game of the regular season. Both ranked in the top five of the South Central Regional Rankings. The Maverick women are second behind Texas Women's with fellow RMAC members Regis and Colorado School of Mines behind them in the rankings. The CMU men are fourth in the South Central Rankings behind first place West Texas A&M, Fort Lewis and Dallas Baptist. Both Maverick teams host Western Colorado Saturday in the final game of the regular season. Pre-game starts at 5.15 with the women's game at 5.30, the men at 7.30. On the Team Sports Network, also the Colorado Mesa men's lacrosse team—they're two and zero in the season. They'll be putting the miles in the sticks in March. They have two games in Illinois before heading to Florida for three games against powers like Tampa and Florida Southern. Mavericks head coach Troy Moyer says scheduling those tough games on the road is just part of the deal that comes with the Mavs' location.
1: It was already an established uh, understanding, I guess. That's what we've got to do to be nationally competitive. Just trying to get other teams that are within that top 20 that we can play and compete against is, is paramount. And then trying to win those games is, is the most important thing.
0: CMU swept the RMAC Player of the Week awards with J.J. Brummett, the Offensive Player of the Week, and teammate Trey Corkin the third, the Defensive Player of the Week for Colorado Mesa. Mesa Baseball, they split their series at Azusa Pacific, winning 8-1 to the other day. They're off until next weekend when they open up RMAC play. At Metro State and Colorado Rockies, they beat the Los Angeles Angels 3-1 to yesterday as uh, Chris Bryant had a couple of base hits for the Rockies in that win in spring training play out in Arizona. Seven twenty one, and that's a look at... What's happening? Brought to you by Comwest, your technology service partner. If you need IT help today or a new business phone system or improved surveillance, call Comwest, 970-242-8142 or go to Comwest Corp. .com. All right, Mark Johnson, voice the Buffaloes, will join us next on the Jim Davis Show. It's a good show. By the best show
1: around. The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. <laughs> it's time to talk buffs with CU voice
0: Mark Johnson on the Jim Davis Show on the team. He had the call last night in Colorado taking down Cal and Pac-12 men's basketball. Mark Johnson joins us. Good morning, Mark. How are you?
2: Jim, good morning. Nice win for the Buffs last night.
0: Absolutely. and A nice win last night for Colorado. Though, right now, Mark, and we'll dive more into it in a moment, uh, a much-needed win. The Buffs, uh, the, the margin of error for the uh, for the NCAA tournament has, uh, unfortunately, the way things have played out this year, has become paper-thin. And uh, last night was all those games they could ill afford to lose at this juncture of the season.
2: Yeah, without question, and uh, I've been saying now for, oh, <clears throat> excuse me, maybe a week and a half that uh, Colorado needed to run the table at home, so they took down Utah, they took down Cal, they've got Stanford on Sunday, and uh, then they got to go on a road the, the next week versus the Oregon teams, and, and I think probably get a split there at the very minimum. And then had the Vegas. I think they should be okay in that regard. But uh, yeah, they they did what they needed to do last night. Uh, played better, very well. We're short-handed once again. Cody Williams, Julian Hammond did not play, but Tristan Silva was outstanding in the first half. KJ Simpson was outstanding in the second. Uh, they got great supporting uh, efforts from guys like uh, you know Eddie Lampkin and uh, Javon Hadley last night. And so they they played very very well. A exceptional game on the offensive end and. Uh, Took down a what I think is a really underrated Cal team. I mean, what uh, what they've done there, uh in particular on the offensive side, that's a very good offensive team that uh Calvo faced last night and, and uh got a you know relatively quality win last night.
0: As you mentioned, Cody Williams out has the bad ankle right now. What's it look like for Cody at this point in time?
2: Well, that's a good question. You know, he was on the show with us on Boss Primetime on Monday night. And when he sat down before he went on the air, he and I were just chatting for a couple of minutes during the commercial break, and I said, "Well, how are you feeling?" And he kind of said, "Well, I don't know." And I thought, "What? Well, it's not a good sign." And uh, I didn't expect him to play last night. So when I walked in Tad's office yesterday, and and I said, uh, "Well, where are we at?" He's down two, and I said, well, "I thought so." Um, so we'll see. I mean, you know, it is a Sunday game, so that's nice. It's pushed back an uh, extra day, and so you've got Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Uh, he'll go through treatment, and uh, we'll see what happens. My guess would be he should and could play by Sunday. It's not a high ankle sprain. And uh, as the legendary coach, Gene Cady, always <laughs> used to tell me, Mark, they're 18 or 19 years old. They don't get tired and they don't get hurt. And so uh, we'll see if that's the case. But you'd love to see him back in the court on, on Sunday because, uh, again, that's a must win for Colorado.
0: You had the chance to see Gene Cady up close. Was that hairpiece even more <laughs> uh, are startling to you? than it was to the rest of us watching him on tv uh,
2: it was something man it was uh it was quaffed perfectly and uh you know kind of uh shellacked
0: together it really, <laughs> really was was something to behold, man well he That's may quite, not he may not have been the, the the best when it came to uh how his hair looked but man he was one heck of a basketball coach oh now, my
2: goodness yeah and i i always that was when i made the determination as a very young man i, I was i was covering the purdue program and and Gene was very instrumental early in my career, and I'm always grateful for that. But I thought to myself, you know what, when I become an older man, I don't and, – and by the way, what's kind of funny now is when I was there, Gene was about the age that I am now, by the way, which, which you know, he seemed ancient at the time, and now he's very young uh, when I was covering <laughs> Purdue back in the day. But I always thought to myself, whatever happens with my hairline, I'm just going to let it go. I'm not doing that.
0: <laughs> That's a good call, I think, for for all of us then when we get, you know, into our late 40s, into our 50s. and yep. And that that hairline might start to be receding a little bit, and those kind of things, just go just go with what Mother Nature is telling you. Just I'm, to, I'm yeah. doing
2: it, you know, I, and I'm one of these guys. I don't, uh, you know, there there are, you I won't say any names. There are guys that 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 dye, uh, facial hair and head hair, and I said I'm never doing that. So I'm I am what I am, uh, as Popeye once <laughs> said, and so take it or leave it. That's the way it's going to be.
0: Abs- I'm saying I'm right there with you. I think the, the nice thing is we're both we're both blondish. And yeah. so that that helps a little bit in some ways when it comes well, I, to I the. Tell my
2: daughter all the time. says, dad, "Daddy, your, your beard's getting awful white." I always say, "That's not that's not
0: white. That's blonde." You exactly. So, yeah, yeah, you just you just don't understand <laughs> color, honey. You just you you know, I love you. You're you're my baby girl. But yeah, you don't understand <laughs> that's that. That's uh, my daughters giving me grief like that. It's like, oh, yeah. gee, dad, looking a little bit like Santa Claus there with that like <laughs> gray in the beard. And I'm like, no, no, it's just it's just an extension of my my blonde locks that yeah, I have exactly on top of my right. head. Yeah. Uh, but but last night uh, with uh, with Cody Williams out, uh, KJ Simpson, Tristan De Silva, you know, experienced guys, leaders in this team, they're going to have to step up, and they did. I mean, KJ had a great game, twenty seven points, seven rebounds, eight assists. Tristan with twenty two points, seven rebounds, six assists. Uh, those guys, uh, along with what Javon Hadley did last yep. night with thirteen, they were uh, they were a huge last night against the Bears.
2: Well, and, and you come to expect that from the two of them, and uh, you, you need that every night from the two of those guys. And what I'll tell you, when they play like that, they look like NBA players. And like last night, Tristan, we were giving him a hard time in the postgame. Uh, you remember that, that legendary story about Larry Bird when he decided to play a game left-handed? Uh, and had like 44, whatever it was. Uh, KJ, or rather, uh, Tristan, I think like something like five of the first six buckets he hit were left-handed. And he's a right-handed guy. And uh, we were kind of giving him a hard time, but he was spectacular in the first half. I thought he dominated, was the best player on the court, and K.J. did his thing in the second. uh, As we well know, K.J. is at an All-American level. In fact, just a day or two ago, he was named to the Oscar Robertson and uh, the uh, All-American watch list. Uh, with 40 guys. So, you know, he's starting to get some national attention. Finally, uh, I thought Tad was going to blow up here a couple of days ago. Somebody asked him about that. and He's like, why is he not getting national attention? Well, he is. And and his numbers are just, I mean, brilliant right now. Uh, The way he's playing point guard, the way he's playing defensively as well. He held uh, Jalen Cohn, I think, one of the 10th shooting last night. And uh, if you might remember that game from a couple of months ago back in, in Berkeley, Cone was one of the big reasons they came back and won that volleyball game. He shut him down. And that's the thing I love about K.J. He's doing a gym on both ends of the court. He right now, I think, he and, uh, oh, uh, probably Caleb Love at Arizona are probably your two top candidates for player of the year in the Pac-12 and I think KJ's game is much more complete than Caleb Love's, and obviously I'm a bit biased. But the numbers he's putting up, flirting with the shooting line of, you know, fifty, forty-five, and ninety from the field, from three-point range, from the foul line, uh, what he's doing defensively uh, right now, I think he is just brilliant out there uh, as as the Buffalo's point guard, and, and and should be the player of the year uh, in the Pac-12. And we'll see what the other voters think about that. But I mean, he he right now is. I don't know that there's any belief playing any better in college basketball, and I mean that nationally. He's that good.
0: Mark Johnson voiced the Buffaloes. Buffs take down Cal last night at the CU Events Center. And, and for Colorado on the three-game winning streak right now, things are improving definitely for Tad Boyle's team. But if the Buffs don't get in, one of the things that's going to ultimately hurt them was the – they played just the, the six quad one games and lost five of those. That's going to be one of those things that really comes back to – to, to maybe haunt this team, Mark, when when the committee looks at the resume.
2: Well, I think it will, but remember, there's a couple of others that were quad one games that then fall out of being quad one games, which is an odd part of the, uh, you know, what we're dealing with. I, I saw somebody uh, last night that John Wilner, somebody had a deal about the way that the net is being manipulated, and I'm not nearly smart enough to follow the, the intricacies of what he was writing about, but it's an interesting. It's a it's a it's a system. I think it's a flawed system. And I, I think you've got to look beyond that. I think any fair person out there, fair-minded person, that's looking at Colorado's resume and says, okay, let's see, as, as it sits right now, I think it's 15 out of 29 games, they have missed at least one of their top seven players due to injury. They've been one of the most injured player teams, rather, in America. And, and if you're a fair-minded person, you look at this team and you say, okay, you've got You've got Cody Williams, who's a McDonald's All-American and a lottery pick in the NBA. You've got a point guard who's playing as well as anybody in the, in the country in K.J. Simpson. You've got another potential NBA guy in Tristan De Silva. You look at this team and say they have been decimated by injuries, and yet here they are uh, putting together the kind of record that, you know, by the time they get to the postseason, they should have 21 or 22 wins. Um, I, I think you, you've got to look at that and say you've got to give them a little bit of a nod simply based on that. Now, that's not an excuse, but it is a reason. And, and so I, I think it would only be fair to really objectively look at this team and say this Despite what they've gone through from an injury standpoint, here they are still in this position. And, and that should give them, I think, great merit.
0: Mark Johnson, voice the Colorado Buffaloes, with us today on the Team Sports Network. I was looking at Andy Katz's piece about his projections for the tournament and in the Pac-12. And we, we hope Colorado is, is in this group. But he only has two teams making it. We all, it's a given that Arizona will be one of those teams. And, yep. and yep. it could be a one-seat as well. Washington State, the other one. Is he missing anybody there? I mean, obviously, we like to think the Buffs are the team that he's missing on potentially, but anybody else you feel like he's missing on out of the Pac 12?
2: No, not out of the Pac 12, um, you know, because the, what you just mentioned are the three top net teams. Uh, the way that system, in fact, Colorado's number two in the Pac 12 in the net right now. I haven't looked this morning. Yesterday they were 32, and I think Wazoo was uh, 37 or 38 or something. Um, so I, I think when it's all said and done, and, and again, so much can change down the stretch of a season. I mean, you know, you've got so many games left, and winners and losers and bubble teams are going to fall out, and, and, you know, all those sorts of things. So many things can happen. Um, but if Colorado – can listen, it, it's in their hands, in my belief system right now. It's in their hands. You continue to win, you're going to get in. You, you, you know, stub your toe too many times, you're not going to be in. And so, um, uh, again, a- at this point, it's so tough to look at that stuff. And The projections at this point are for entertainment purposes. In fact, I always thought that, that Joe Lenardi should put that on her for entertainment purposes. Only. Exactly. Because right now, like I said, games are, whether, let's see, the Buffs have got three regular season games. Most teams are going to have three or four games left uh, right now at this point in the schedule and the conference tournaments. A literally, uh, just, just limitless number of possibility of what could happen over the course of the next uh, three weeks here that are going to determine who exactly is going to be able to get in. So uh, at this point, keep winning, Buffs, and you're going to be just fine.
0: Hey, Mark, always appreciate it.
2: All uh, right, Jim, talk to you next week. See
0: right, you. Take care. Mark Johnson, voice of Buffalo, joins us every Thursday on the program. Just got to take care of business, yeah. and but he makes some valid points about Colorado. With you know, you got Cody Williams out right now. KJ Simpson's playing as well as anybody in the country. Tristan DeSilva's had a heck of a season, but they've also at times had those guys hurt too. Yep. And, and and that's been part of the problem for Colorado. Where how much do you how much do you factor that in? If you're the selection committee, say if Colorado makes a, a fairly deep Pac 12 run. We'll see what happens. He's right about. It. There's, there's still a lot of, there's still a lot of miles to go here before even the, the Pac-12 tournament. But you just look at with Andy Katz, and we talked about it uh, on Tuesday with Wyatt Thompson. That the conference are going into next year, the Big 12. Andy Katz has nine teams out of that conference going. Woof. And you look at that list, and you go, I can't say there's anybody there that probably doesn't deserve. I mean BYU's coming off one against Kansas. That's in one of his nine teams out of the Big Twelve. It's going to be when, when Colorado and the Arizona schools, Utah, go into the the Big Twelve. Man, it's uh, college. It's a lot of people feel like right now the Big Twelve is the best conference in college basketball. I, sorry ACC, sorry SEC, sorry Big Ten. A lot of people feel like that's the best conference in college basketball. And I, I think what Andy Katz is saying about the teams that are, I think like the nine teams that get in, I think that, um, that pretty pretty clearly illustrates how dominant that conference is right now. And then you're going to add Colorado into that mix, which is a its a Colorado basketball program that it's improved dramatically. I know there are people that, that like to criticize Tad Boyle. Doesn't feel like they, he's got them to To the kind of heights that they they should be at, right? In terms of players they've recruited, like Cody Williams and, and KJ Simpson and others, but you have to think back if you have any 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 uh, length in your lifespan, shall we say? And you know, Colorado basketball they had the, the horrible years when Tom Apke was there. Yeah, oh. they, they had some they had some bad years. I mean, the Chauncey period of time was a brief shining moment for Colorado basketball. Until the until the Tad Boyle era. Jeff Buzdilic, they had some moments that were... They they, they played well for Buzdilic But for the most part, I mean, it's Tad Boyle's taking this program to places that had not been since maybe like the 70s at times with Sox Walseth there. We'll see what he can do. See so what kind of magic uh, Tad Boyle and the Buffaloes can pull off to get into the uh, NCAA basketball tournament. All right, 737. Jim along with Cake today. From the Bozarth Miller, Chevrolet Buick Studios, most trusted name in automobiles. It's time right now for sound check.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen.
0: And we should say the sound check you have today. You yes. found this. I found this before uh, d- Die Diehard sent it to me. Yes. Sent it, Sent this to, to us yesterday. But you found this this morning. I'm like, hey, Diehard sent me the sound check. It's great. You're like, "What the lawyer?" I'm like, "Yes, that one." Yes. So you have it for us this morning.
1: So, Chiefsaholic, we may remember was this crazy Chiefs fan wore the wolf costume and uh, was on the run for a series of bank robberies across Kansas and Oklahoma. He recently pled guilty to robbery charges. Kansas City's WDAF Fox 4 has the story. Tonight, Chief Superfan, Chief Saholic, is a step closer to cheering for his favorite team from a federal prison. Today, he pleaded guilty to federal bank robbery and money laundering charges.
2: He's been charged with multiple counts. Fox Hores, Reagan Porter, was at the federal courthouse downtown for the hearing and has reaction from his attorney.
1: Chief Chiefsaholic, whose real name is Xavier Babadar, has pleaded guilty to three charges here in federal court. Babadar admitted to the judge he's guilty of bank robbery and money laundering. Babadar and the prosecutor entered a plea agreement. The 29-year-old admitted he orchestrated a string of nine bank and credit union robberies or attempted robberies in 2022 and another two bank robberies while he was a fugitive last year. U.S. Attorney more. Teresa Moore States says Babadar laundered a lot of that stolen money through area casinos and online gambling, and he used it to bankroll his trips to Chiefs games. Babadar's Attorney Matthew Merriman says they know there's a lot of work left to do on this case, but Babadar remains hopeful.
0: From the beginning of this case, folks, the government has been blitzing, and Xavier's pocket was collapsing. But today, Xavier stepped into the pressure.
1: Well, come on, man. You're. He a, stepped you're, into the
0: pressure.
1: First of all, never mind the fact that, generally speaking, as a quarterback, it's not a good thing to step into the pressure. No, no, you want to get away from the pressure. Exactly. Which this guy was trying to do because we remember he was on the run, <laughs> but very poorly on the run because he was. Photographed at all these Chiefs games Yeah, so There you go Incredible yeah.
0: No, you don't want to Step into the <laughs> pressure
1: The government has been blitzing
0: Stop it And he stepped into the pressure
1: Alright you are You're a professional lawyer And that's the best you could come up with
0: Good god Professional? Well hired hired lawyer yes, he he has his law degree so i guess that, that, would, that would make him a professional seven we assume we assume he has his law degree as far as we can tell apparently doesn't know much about football though all right 741 we'll take a break we'll come back with montrose girls coach steve skiff as they get ready for the grade eight tomorrow night That's up next on the Team Sports Network.
1: Good morning, gentlemen. What are the haps?
0: The Jim Davis Show on
1: Colorado's sports leader, the team. Talking Montrose girls basketball with Coach Steve Skiff on the team.
0: And Red Hawks girls coach Steve Skiff brought to you by the Rick Nelson Agency and American Family Insurance. For a free comparison, call this team of licensed professionals at 970-241-0078 montrose girls get roosevelt Roosevelt's last year uh they won the state championship and the uh, red hot girls get to score off against the rough riders in the grade eight tomorrow night over at the denver coliseum and uh, montrose coach steve skiff with us good morning steve how are you good morning how are you doing doing fine uh great to talk with you it's always great to talk with you especially though when your team is into the grade eight come up with that big win against pueblo west 38 to 32 a couple of good uh, home victories to open up uh, the the 5a girls state basketball tournament got to be thrilled with this opportunity for your red hawks now into the grade eight
3: it's awesome i'm so happy for the girls and they've worked so hard for this And it was one of our goals at the beginning of the year is we wanted to be playing games in the coliseum and uh anytime you can play basketball on, on march 1st that's a good thing so um yeah really really two great wins against two quality pueblo opponents and um, you know it's always nice to play those games at home. The, the crowd was electric, and and uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun last week.
0: Well, you look at how that that game started out. You trailed by two points in the first quarter, came back to to uh, outscore them 11 to 10 in the second quarter, and then uh, 10 to nine, nine to three in the second half to get that 38-32 victory. So uh, your team really put together two solid quarters of basketball, two great defensive quarters with what they. Uh, 12 points that she gave up total in the second half a great defensive effort once again by your basketball team
3: it was and you know defense has been our kind of our calling card all year and uh you know it it was again that way friday night And just the the girls especially in the fourth quarter they really got locked in and it was a physical game and bodies were flying everywhere and and uh you know my my team just kept coming and, and that's a true testament to them and you know, we had a great night from Tag and Rocco Sr., you know, kind of put us on the back, on her pack there for a while and carried us, and um, she she had to guard their best player and, and was able to get 18 points, and then, um, you know, the two sophomores stepped up as well. So, kind of, it's been our recipe all year long, and, and, and that's how we were able to get that victory.
0: Yeah, Maggie Legg with the 12 points, and uh, Macy Oberg didn't have a, a prolific scoring game. She had uh, just six points. But uh, she she got in the glass for your basketball team. Uh, she had six offensive rebounds in that game. She had nine rebounds total, and those offensive rebounds were were huge for your your basketball team.
3: They really were, and, and you know Macy's she's undersized every night we go out there, and and you know they had a post player, six foot post player, very physical, and 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 Macy didn't back down. She went to the glass, and when she did get it, um, you know she she tried to get it back to go back up with it, and either got to the line or or. Uh, you know we were able to get them into some foul trouble late in the game, which which helped us out as well.
0: Montrose girls basketball coach Steve Skiff with us. Uh, so you take on Roosevelt, last year state champion. They beat Windsor to win the, the state championship last year. Uh, Durango, out of the Southwestern, League course, had that that deep run last year in the state tournament, and uh, they beat them en route to uh, to winning the state title. But uh, for this uh, Roosevelt team, uh, really handled Northridge, who uh, uh, beat Palisade in their opening game of the state tournament. Uh, 76 to 46 was the victory for Northridge in that one. So, uh, or for, excuse me, for uh, pardon me, for Roosevelt in that one over N- Northridge. So it's a, it's a team that, uh, like you said, but one, like I was saying, won a state championship last year, Steve. And to, to be the best, you got to beat the best, and the the defending champions are uh, that, that team that stands in your way of a of a trip to the final four.
3: Yeah, they do, and it, unfortunately, we were part of that route to their state championship last year too. We played them in the second round. and at their place and just a well-coached team. They're, um, they're very talented one through five. They're, they're big, they're athletic. Um, you know, they didn't have any seniors last year. So we get to see everybody, you know, come back for this year and they obviously didn't get worse. So, you know, for us, it's going to be, you know, a tough task, but I think we're up for it. You know, that's one thing I told my assistant coaches um, this week. I go, you know, I, I we're pretty dang good ourselves. And so, we're going to go in there with a lot of confidence, and, and I think it's nice getting them on a neutral floor in the Coliseum. And um, you know, at this point, we're just going to kind of let it go and, and see what happens on Friday night.
0: Kyla Hollier has been their leading scorer this season, sixteen points per game, almost seven rebounds per contest. Uh, she was a freshman last year, sophomore this year, and uh, certainly uh, what, what she's been able to her her game has grown exponentially uh, since last season.
3: It really has. She's uh, six foot two. Um, kind of a post player does, does a lot of great stuff in, in the post and can also come out and shoot the three ball. So, really tough guard, um, you know, because she can do a little bit of everything. And then, you know, with her down in the post working, then they, they kind of surround her with a bunch of shooters and, uh, they really like to shoot, shoot the three ball and they're very good at it. So, um, defensively, we're going to be stretched a little bit, uh, more than we have probably all year long. And, um, but I think we'll be up to the task
0: they also have gotten really good scoring from ryan boss price she's their second leading scorer on the season for the, the rough riders and when you look at uh, what what she brings to the table steve in terms of her scoring 13 points per game what what are you seeing from from price in in her contributions to that rough riders team
3: yeah she's kind of their three-point specialist uh she she really you know she'll spot up from anywhere at, at any time you know she'll come down and transition and, Spot up from three. And so I think between her and Hollyer, they play a great two man game. Um, you know, they'll throw it inside. And if the inside's not there, they'll, they'll kick it back out to her and she'll, she'll hit a three. So, you know, we're definitely going to have to pay attention to those two. Really, the whole team can, can, um, you know, get going offense. I think they're averaging like 70 points a game. So, um, we're definitely going to have to, to know where certain people are at during the game.
0: As you mentioned, you lost them the postseason last year, fifty-eight to thirty-seven. What has what was some what are some things you can take from that game last year that you can use in in this matchup coming up on Friday?
3: You know, I think for us as experience, uh, you know, we uh, last year we we were young. You know, we're still pretty young, but we last year we were starting two freshmen, and and anytime you get in the playoffs with with freshmen, I mean, the, the moments were really big and. And I think for us, you know, all, our entire starting five and, and even a couple of players coming off the bench played that game last year, so um, we know what what Roosevelt's going to bring. Um, I think just the year of experience has really helped us improve our game a lot.
0: And putting the clamps down in Hallier, cause she had a huge game against last year. She had, had twenty one points in that victory over your team.
3: Yeah, I mean, uh, again, they. I think their biggest thing is they press. You know, we're we're gonna get pressed the majority of the game and it's a combination of full court press, half court press. Um, and they're very long and so when they come to trap we're gonna to have to make quick decisions. And that was that was kind of our thing last year's we had we had a bunch of turnovers that turned into easy baskets for a and a lot of the others. So, you know, for us taking care of the ball, being able to break the press and kind of make it a half court game is gonna be something that that we're looking to do.
0: Red Ox girls basketball coach Steve Skip with us. How do you get your team prepared for playing in the Coliseum? Because it's not like any other environment that they've really played in. It's a it's a huge arena. Shooting back, you know, background is is wonky there. I mean, it's it's, a, it's like an aircraft. Uh, it's like an aircraft hangar, if you will. If you go you go there and play, how do you get your players ready for that?
3: Yeah, you know, and we've talked about it this week. You know, it is going to be different, and. You know, we're just going to go, we're going to embrace it. I think that's the biggest thing. I mean, everybody keeps telling you, oh, that's tough to shoot there. Well, it's going to be tough for both teams, potentially. And, you know, we have the fortunate thing that our volleyball team made it to the Coliseum this year in the state tournament as well. And, And three or four of our players were on that volleyball team. So, you know, they've talked a little bit about, you know, some of the differences of the Coliseum walking in through the tunnels and, you know, it being so big. So. Yeah, I, I you know, it's going to be one of those things. It's it's, a, it's an awesome experience. It's going to be, you know, something that that these girls remember for a long time. And, and you know, we're just going to go in and embrace everything about it. And, you know, it's still the same size basketball court and same size hoops and all that kind of thing. And so once the ball's tipped, we're just going to uh, try to play basketball.
0: So I imagine there's going to be a little bit of a send-off today. Assembly, maybe police escort out of town. What What's the uh, the schedule today for the for the Redhawks uh, leaving town to go to the Coliseum,
3: yeah, there is. You know, we're gonna do a little shooting uh, during lunchtime, and then around one thirty, we're gonna be heading out to Denver. and And I do believe there's a uh, quite the send off, you know, planned and and well deserved for my girls. You know, they've had an outstanding, you know, road so far this season, and and you know that's that's the nice thing about Montrose is their community, and so they support us you
0: know, through and through. And so it's going to be really exciting this afternoon. Well, uh, best of luck, Steve. Uh, we're, we're thrilled to have the game on tomorrow night. Uh, Matt Meyer will have the call from the Denver Coliseum tomorrow night over on the Monkey. Uh, that is 93.5 in Montrose, by the way, 95.7 here in the Valley. And I've had a lot of local people here saying, hey, you're going to have the Montrose girls on? And, I mean, people here in the Valley, uh, obviously are, are cheering for for your squad as well. Steve, it's that time of the year where, you put, you know, all the rivalry stuff from the regular season gets put to the side. We're all part of the, the Western Slope family over here cheering everybody on uh, when it's the postseason. And so I think that's that's a cool thing. I love when, when people here locally are saying, hey, we, you can have Montrose on. And so we will have it on tomorrow night. Uh, 93.5 once again in Montrose. pregame at 6.45. Tip-off at 7 o'clock from the Denver Coliseum for the Montrose girls taking on Roosevelt, the defending state champions. Steve, I appreciate it. Thank you so much, and hopefully we're talking next week about a trip to the Final Four.
3: That would be awesome. I appreciate everything you do for us. Thanks.
0: Thank you, Steve. Take care. All right. Steve Skiff, Montrose Girls basketball coach. We're going to have their big send-off yesterday. Montrose is going to have a big send-off today to go over to Denver. All right. So, yeah, we'll have, of course, for of Monument boys tonight right here on the team, 515. And then, once again, the Montrose girls. Please spread the word. If you're listening to Montrose today, 102.1 FM, We will have the game on tomorrow night with Matt Meyer, pregame at 645 on the Monkey. All right, coming up next hour, your chance to play the Piles' favorite game on a Thursday, which is... We'll also have later on Wrigley Field, Colorado Sports uh, Trivia. you have a chance to win a $15 gift certificate to Wrigley Field as well. That's all coming up along with Around the NFL.